0: See you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today my guest is Cynthia Jordan. She is the founder and CEO of Learn Look Locate. Welcome, Cynthia. Thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. How are you doing today?
1: I'm Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm flattered and honored.
0: (laughs) I am absolutely honored and I am so excited to have you here. I cannot wait to jump in and start sharing about your journey, your story, and the beautiful light you put out into the world through all the incredible work that you're doing. So with that being said, let us jump right in. Cynthia, can you please share with us what Learn, Look and Locate is all about and when you founded the company?
1: So Learn, Look, Locate is a beautiful haven of people, including survivors and physicians from all over the world. It is a global hub of education, inspiration, and connection in the world of breast cancer. And it is a void that I found that I so desperately needed when I got hit with this disease And I looked around and felt something's missing, something's wrong. And I spoke to my lovely partner who he unfortunately lost his mother to breast cancer and agreed with me. And we came up with the name, Learn, Look, Locate, because there is a very small window of time that an individual has when diagnosed with any type of cancer, really, to process what has happened to them. And so my biggest aha moment is I knew nothing, and I wanted to learn and I took it to the extreme, (laughs) and I still do. I'm fascinated with the information that's available to us, but not readily available, not in a way that resonates. So I am presenting this information in a way that will hopefully capture the busy individual such as myself to really truly understand that your mammogram, your breast health is so serious, and it's not something you should blow off. It's not something you should leave to the gynecologist. You have to take all of this into your hands, and so I, I could go on and on. I'm, I know that. <laughs> so I founded this after my own diagnosis in 2019, and realized there is a huge void, and I believe that this void is beyond bigger than anyone really understands.
0: Because I do it. Absolutely. Again. Well, that's part of why you're here. Let's educate the people on what they need to know and learn and bring the awareness around it. Yep. Can Absolutely. you speak a little bit about your role and duties within Learn, Look and Locate now as opposed to when you first founded the company and how they've changed over the years with the growing awareness of the business?
1: So I'm still spearheading everything, every face, every doctor, every survivor is me connecting with. So I I take a real personal interest and connection with everyone that's part of this mission. So there really is just me behind every image that you see on the website and on my social media efforts. I believe because going through this and understanding what this feels like, is really important so i started this and had been working with somebody to kind of help me with the post and then i said no i need to do this and i'm so glad i did because it really has my just my personal touch to it and i do reach out anyone that writes me i write them back and i don't want anyone to think this is a really big organization which people have thought they don't realize sometimes that i am the person behind this really just me so it has evolved in the sense that i have really dedicated a lot of time to social media and I'm older. So this is all new to me. And it's really been this, I don't know if you want to use the word smartest, probably the most beautiful thing that I've done is climb into like kind of climb under the sheets and really just cozy in with everyone that's going through this as much as possible so that I can understand what's happening. And so my knowledge of the different types of breast cancer, the misdiagnosis, the young women that are facing this that I just feel are not being heard, it gave me the opportunity to really do what social media in a positive way can do is socially interact with people all over the world from Australia to Germany to South Africa. And I Zoom with these people and I chat with them and I talk to them and I celebrate them because... I think it's just so needed. We are so frightened and scared. So it has evolved. It has grown. And I continue to still do pretty much everything except for the website. Obviously, I don't have a web background. So I, I design every page myself and then yeah. with somebody to bring it to light. I don't know if that helps. And then the doctors working with the doctors have grown I have, I think it's 14 medical advisors and four advisors. And all of these people are part of the journey and so necessary in my mind to educate us on restorative and medical tattooing and genetic counselors and um, lymphedema specialists. It's just ridiculous. There's so much we don't know. So these people are a huge part of Learn, Look, Locate. So I might be the one doing all of it, but we are doing this together.
0: Yeah, as a team, it's a team effort. And that's a hell of a lot that you're doing and the amount of people involved. But the people who have got involved, that speaks volumes because they've got on board with what you're doing.
1: Yeah, that's a really great comment. Because Brad, I believe some of the the, especially the doctors that are part of my mission, they're on the other side of this and they see yeah. it every single day and the disease is on the rise. So we need to get in the forefront. So Learn, Look, Locate is not just for people going through breast cancer. It's for women like me that needed to be educated before a diagnosis on screening and genetic testing, all of these preventative measures that can be tackled to help catch it early if possible. Yeah.
0: For sure. It's so important. I want to speak specifically a little bit about your personal journey of being a breast cancer survivor who survived stage 2B breast cancer. As you mentioned, there are so many different types of breast cancer. When you reflect on your own breast cancer journey, what were some of the significant moments or turning points that shaped your perspective on life, resilience, and the advocacy work that you're doing?
1: So, wow. I think shock was first and foremost, and just the whole Emotional roller coaster of what was coming at me, the fear of what this disease represents to anyone that hears the word cancer. My father had lung cancer, so it's not so foreign to me, but when you have no family history of, quote, breast cancer, you really do walk around thinking that you are not gonna get it. And that is a huge misconception. So I think a lot of what happened to me was I did get normal mammograms constantly. And so I just went on with my life. But the biggest aha moment was, wait a second, I got normal mammograms with a note that said I had extremely dense breasts. Well, that is a risk factor for breast cancer. Well, I never knew that. I kept getting these notes and I kept getting 2D mammography. And 2D is not nearly as efficient as 3D. So I should have gotten 3D. I should have gotten supplemental screening. So these two factors alone are a big reason. And I do put myself out there you know, on TikTok I did a post about this and it got 200,000 views. And that, yeah, and I'm not like a heavy, big influencer or anything. I'm just out there really saying it like it is so women are aware. And what that showed me is the general public is not aware of these. This is just one of the risk factors. There's so many more. I didn't get genetic tested until after I was diagnosed. I have a family history of cancer. I should have been genetic tested way back, probably in my early 20s. So honestly, the list goes on. I wasn't offered different types of reconstruction. And I am aesthetically flat kind of by default. It's a long story. But anyway, my advocacy work really came. I just couldn't rest easy. And I applaud all the advocacy groups out there. There are many. But my biggest aha moment was yeah, there's information out there, but how are you really going to reach people? So what I do, Brad, is work with imagery because when I was diagnosed, I Googled like crazy and I scared myself more. And I just got into a rabbit hole because you're reading this clinical information on a white background with black text. You're alone with your own thoughts and you're feeling a walnut-sized tumor that's sitting in your body that's been probably living there for five years. I'm talking about myself. Yeah. And I realized, oh, my God, there are women that are living past this disease. They can get through it. There is some beacon of light. There, There is some hope. And I needed more. I needed something to calm my mind down. And I want to bring out the fact that I think a woman's brain likes to see pretty things. <laughs> I know for myself and that's why I created the website and that's why I do my posts in a way that is just a little bit more calming and takes the anxiety down. And I I spend hours picking these images out so that they feel and resonate in a way that will capture attention and create a sense of connection and calm
0: education is key. I mean, were you even aware that there was 3D imaging as opposed to just 2D?
1: So, yeah, I was. And it was offered. And to be honest, it it was offered in a way like, you want fries with that?
0: Oh, man. And,
1: you know, it just is. I mean, even down to when I had my surgery. I had the tumor in the left side, and someone uh-huh. said you should get them both off. I wasn't going to. I was like, you just go along like a dog on a leash. And someone said, get them both off. You'll never have to deal with this again. And so I called up and I said, you know what? I want them both off. Uh-huh. And I got that feeling. It was like, yeah, she wants a burger and fries. Like she's getting the second Jeez. one off. You know, it's very cut and dry. Well, ironically, I had precancerous cells in the right breast and the breast surgeon said, good call. So I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, (laughs) for sure.
0: Absolutely.
1: There's really not, there's not a playbook for this, I guess. Yeah. Playbook. So it's evolved and it's becoming, I think people are finally hearing me. And I've recently, even this past weekend, have gotten these lovely messages from complete strangers going through this saying, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have gotten through this. Your account has helped me so much. I'm really getting the feedback of the void of what's happening is what I needed. So I'm so grateful. that.
0: How incredible is that? that I yeah. mean, I think that's beautiful and yeah. inspirational for you to keep going and doing what it you're is. doing.
1: It really is. I mean, that is my why. That is why I get up and do this because, and and I will share this with you. There's a, it's almost like boot camp. I get a whole bunch of people diagnosed. And then what's really neat is they do move on. They get on with their lives. Many 20 year olds followed me from when I first started. Now they're engaged, getting married, having babies. Uh They don't follow me as much, but that's okay. Unfortunately, there's a whole new set of people that now do. Yeah.
0: And so for individuals currently facing a breast cancer diagnosis, the journey, of course, can be incredibly overwhelming and filled with uncertainty, as you were just talking about. What advice would you give to someone in this position considering your firsthand experience and insights?
1: Wow. It is such a scary time. And I want to be realistic that the mind can really take you to places that just the word cancer. It's just a powerful word. But with all the work that I'm doing with these incredible learn, look, locate medical advisors, some of the things that they say to me is we're doing a great job treating breast cancer. We're not doing a good job preventing it. So what I would say is empower yourself and understand this disease as much as possible because every time I gained more knowledge around the staging of my tumor and the grading of my tumor, I'm a big fan of, there's a big difference between staging and grading. And so I want people to understand there's grading of the tumor, meaning how aggressive it is, one, two, or three. And... So I want people to really embrace the pathology report. And I have a whole page on the website. I have a pathologist as part of my mission so that people truly understand that really dissecting the disease yourself, there are tests out there to understand whether or not you need chemotherapy. So the anxiety is very high and I want people to slow down, calm down and read as much as possible because once I did that, But honestly, if I didn't have a friend who told me about genomic testing to understand if I needed chemotherapy, I wouldn't have known. And that is why the website is so powerful, because if you spend time and really read through some of these pages, you'll be more empowered. And the more empowered I got the calmer I got, but I didn't know so much in the beginning. And I want to grab people's hand, hold their hand, say, I can't even say the words, it's going to be okay, because I don't know that. I just want them to know that there is a lot of really great, many advances being made in breast cancer, even down to how we monitor reoccurrence. There's a blood biopsy now. And I work closely with the company. To get that message out there for the risk of recurrence monitoring, genomic testing, different types of treatments that are available. So I would say just really empower yourself without getting too anxious. And that is why the website is, I think, quite calming. So it doesn't make people scared. Yeah. and there's I a lot it. of people that have gone through it. I mean, if you go to the Inspire tab and look at the survivors and their beautiful faces and their beautiful stories, they all want to help. They all want to connect with you so that you don't feel alone. And they all want to share their stories and raise their voices.
0: That is so powerful. There's so much power and beauty in community. So we will definitely be putting the link to the website in the show notes for when your episode is launched. Definitely, Cynthia. Thank you. Now, alongside of the physical effects, obviously, there's going to be a ton of emotional response there as well, such as fear, anger, grief, all of these Mm -hmm. things. How did you manage those emotions and what self-care practices did you find helpful during your healing process?
1: Oh, wow. Well, I actually went and did Bikram yoga, (laughs) believe it or not. It was (laughs) very intense. And I had a lot of breakdowns. I mean, I really got real with myself. And I sort of joke and say I had lunch with Lady Death. And yeah, I did. I faced my mortality head on. And I don't know. One thing I would say is many of us live on autopilot and some cancer patients, and I'm one of them, woke me up in many ways. And so I really, over time, started to embrace what this did to me from a spiritual level. And It can have a very beautiful silver lining. And I know anyone who's going through this in the beginning might not see that. But I do feel that many of us do find that there is a sweetness of gratitude towards every day and an appreciation of your body working every day. It's a miracle because we, we really don't know that cancer cells are being formed. And I honestly didn't really even understand what cancer truly was and I will say that I believe stress caused my cancer. So I've definitely taken a step back to make sure that I don't live in a fight or flight fashion anymore. I think a lot of us do. It's For sure. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. So
0: No, the outcome of that is horrible. It yeah. wreaks havoc on our bodies.
1: Yes. So yeah. Obviously it rocked my world because look what I do. I mean, I, I think a lot of people just want to get on with their life and I just I feel honored to be connected to these beautiful people that want to be part of this because I I want this to be my legacy so that emotionally anyone facing this feels, I call it an authentic warm hug. And Mm -hmm. that's really what I needed. Yeah.
0: Now, of course, breast cancer affects not only the individual, first and foremost, of course, it's going to affect the individual diagnose, but also that ripple effect of their family, their loved ones, their friends, their support system. How did you deal with the emotional impact or navigate the emotional impact of your diagnosis on your relationships? And what advice do you have for others in similar situations?
1: I just think the people around you, they can be scared for themselves. Relatives, Mm. when you get genetic testing, I think everyone was like, oh, holding their breath, like, oh my God, I hope she doesn't have the gene because then maybe I have it. But that's not necessarily the case. Someone could have it and another person in a family member could not have it. So I think there was that going on, but I still think a lot of people don't really understand what this does to the person that it happens to. Because even years that go by, I'm in my fourth year, we still live with this. And because I have scars, I'm reminded every day. And I can't, I don't know. I just pulled myself through and honestly would get dressed up and go to radiation and rang the bell alone. I was alone. Wow. Yeah, I did a lot of this alone. It's a long story. I was going through some heavy personal stuff at the same time, really heavy stuff. And I was very alone. And that is also why I started Lone Look Locate. I don't want anyone to be alone. It's too powerful. It's it's very heavy. So I had some people kind of get very scared by what I was going through. So I kind of had to distance myself because it's scary enough when you're the person going through it. Yeah. And so I think people are freaked out. They're like, oh, cancer? And because I never felt sick, Brad, I think some people might agree with me. This disease can be painless. And I to this day, I never felt sick. That's the weirdest part. And that is also why I scream at the top of my lungs, guys, I did not know I had this. So please understand it can be a very silent. And even for some that have some of the unique breast cancer types where they have symptoms and get dismissed, because they're too young and they think it's eczema or, you know, that's also a big part of my work is making people recognize the different types of breast cancer. But I can't really answer that. I just struggle with that question. Well,
0: I applaud your strength and resilience and courage for what you had to endure alone. I mean, dealing with that in itself is massive, but then also having to deal with all the other stuff you were dealing with at the time, I think it's just an incredible testament as to who you are as a woman, your strength, your courage, and your resilience. So I applaud that.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Of course. I'm curious. Can you share some strategies or practices that helped you maintain positivity and strength and hope throughout your treatment and recovery?
1: Well, I would try to find people. I actually had an Immerman angel and if anyone's doesn't know who they are, a one-on-one free mentor support program. And I had an Immerman angel, and they're a big part of my mission. They are the purple penguins that you see. That's just my branding of what I feel, two penguins hugging each other kind of (laughs) on the website. This is going to sound so silly, but I listened to John Denver and his voice, (laughs) I've been listening to him lately. It was so calming, and I would play some of his music over and over again. So I did that and I went shopping, which was sort of silly, but I even remember people close to me saying, oh my God, you're shopping. I'm like, well, what else am I supposed to do? You know. <laughs> and I did try to dress up before I went to radiation because it made me feel better. And mm-hmm. I actually did a post on that. And a lot of people did do that. So a lot of women, we tried to maintain some sort of whatever you want to call normalcy, by dressing up and being with good friends. And I am more of a talker. So I did try to talk about what this felt like. I also wanted to call out that I had my friends feel my tumor. And that was a powerful gift because I would have really loved to have known what a tumor could feel like. That was another reason why I started this. How are we supposed to know? So so I hung out with friends and had them feel my tumor. (laughs) So
0: that's powerful.
1: Yeah. Healing process.
0: Cynthia, how have you seen breast cancer awareness shift in terms of the help and education and support available now as opposed to when you were first diagnosed and when you started Learn, Look, Locate?
1: Honestly, I don't see it being any different. And that's why I'm really working hard every single day to make it different. I don't think people are capturing kind of what I see. And I think people are starting to really gravitate towards the way that I'm viewing this. A good example is you interviewed my ambassador, Christine Handy, who is a beautiful person, but she also is dedicating her life to women like myself who are flat and making the world recognize there's a lot of us out here, okay? Mm -hmm. And we need to feel accepted when we walk out and we're dressed without a bra and that we're flat. Yeah. And sometimes to me, it can feel barbaric because we're removing body parts. So if people go to my website and see Global Flatties, it's a page that's extremely, so powerful. It's women all over the world that are celebrating being flat and happy about it. And it's a valid, healthy choice. And Christine models, I say for us, because in my mind, she's representing us in a lot of ways.
0: She is. She's blazing the trail. She's an incredible human being, just yeah. a, a beautiful soul with yeah all I mean, that yeah. she is and the work that she does to bring awareness. Yeah. I think it's incredible.
1: And we've become really good friends and we support each other because we are a bit older and we feel it's necessary. So, you know, we feel... I don't want to say we, but I think she agrees with me that the way it was when I was diagnosed. So I should share, I did breast cancer campaigns in my prior career. And that is another reason why I started this, because all I knew was a pink ribbon and a bunch of old ladies hugging each other with a race of some sort.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. Some kind of marathon. Yes.
1: Yeah. And that's what I thought it was. It's just a disease where people are trying to find that cure and raising a lot of money. And so I don't know how else it's changed except I know that when people say, Oh wow, you're doing this and I say, How can I not do this? And I want to it's it's
0: your duty, it's your responsibility.
1: Yeah, I feel very passionately about that because if we don't change the way the world sees this and I think what's really neat about Learn Look Locate is the medical professional professionals are with me. And every page is medically vetted on Learn, Look, Locate. This is not a bunch of factoids thrown out there. The pages are a collaboration between me, survivors, and the doctors sharing stories and their expertise and knowledge. And I'm beyond grateful for that.
0: I love it. Cynthia, what, in your opinion, are the top three misconceptions surrounding the disease? And how do you address and challenge these misconceptions in your work?
1: Well, first and foremost, if you think that you have no family history, that you can't get this disease, that is the biggest one because I have no family history. 80 to 85% of women diagnosed have no family history.
0: Wow.
1: It's a high percentage.
0: That is huge.
1: That is really big. Breast density nobody knows how much of a risk factor this is. So I don't know if it's a misconception, but it's not being informed. I think that if people don't realize that that is a risk factor, and myself and many other incredible individuals on LinkedIn are pounding this every single day, but we need to get this to the woman in the grocery store who's blowing off her mammogram that has dense breasts. Because when I look at pictures of myself, I cannot believe I was walking around with a tumor and I had no idea and had normal mammograms. So the misconceptions, three misconceptions, again, the BRCA gene, all the genetics, genetic testing, have you been getting genetic tested? And so that's why I work with Myriad Genetics. I have a genetic counselor from Myriad as part of my panel of experts to bring that information to the forefront. The misconception is, oh, you don't have the BRCA gene, so your sister doesn't either. Not the case at all. So I could go on and on. There's there's,
0: (laughs) there's a lot there. I've read that female breast cancer has now surpassed lung cancer as the most commonly diagnosed cancer. An estimated 2.2 million new cases of breast cancer were diagnosed in women across the world in 2020. I mean, that is horrific and staggering. What? are a couple of tips you could provide in order to help with early detection and risk reduction. I know we've been talking about this and I'm sure there are tons. So I would love if you could share a couple more.
1: Well, I should note that, and and don't hold me to this, but I I think I read an article recently that in 2040, this number will be up to 3 million on the rise. And not only is it on the rise. But it's on the rise between the ages of 25 to 40. And these women do not have access to screening. So the tips that I would say is that young women, they need to do a self-breast check. I never once did a self-breast check. And if I had having a walnut-sized tumor, maybe I would have figured that out, okay? So young women, and when they're diagnosed, they are diagnosed sometimes are more likely to a more aggressive cancer. I, I have a young daughter making sure that young women in their 20s and 30s are doing some sort of self-breast check to notice at least a hard marble, something that moves kind of has a jagged edge. It can be as small as the length of a dime. I have a post that I can't remember the exact sizing, but it's very small. So really feeling and knowing that and knowing that pageant's disease is cancer of the nipple and that A woman that's breastfeeding that has an inverted nipple that could have discharge or bleeding. Those are scary symptoms that maybe someone's blowing off because, well, I've been breastfeeding too much. So there's a lot of women that have been blown off because that particular type of breast cancer, they need to do a biopsy right away and some doctors are afraid of that. And this is all my learnings from the survivors that I work with. Inflammatory breast cancer. Oh my goodness, so many women who are getting diagnosed with this. This is in a lump or a bump. It could be a hardness under the armpit. It could be your left breast blown up like a balloon. That's what happened to one of the survivors that I work with. She does a lot of advocacy work. It's just a redness, a swelling. It's a very sneaky one. A lobular is spreads like a web and can be only seen, from my understanding, on a mammogram. It's not a lump or a bump. It's incredible, the different types. So I want women to understand these symptoms, but also be empowered when you get your mammogram to ask what category of density you are, A, B, C, or D. Because if it's C or D, that is really dense. D is heterogeneously dense. And Dr. Rosen, my senior medical advisor says, if you are heterogeneously dense category D, it's like the worst case of badness because the mammogram cannot see the tumor because dense breasts show up white on a mammogram and so does a tumor. And that's what happened to me. The tumor got missed because you can't see it
0: because
1: are literally showing up white. So to be empowered to understand your mammogram report, to ask for supplemental screening, meaning an ultrasound or an MRI, and genetic testing can literally save a life. I lost a very dear friend to the BRCA gene, 36 years old. If she was genetic tested, oh yeah, she's a very big part of my website, a very dear friend, and she passed away. And if she had been genetic tested, she probably would have gotten a preventative double mastectomy. she be here.
0: So much to think about and to get educated on. It's overwhelming. Yes. I know, obviously, the numbers are pale in comparison for men living with breast cancer, but I'm curious as to how often you see or hear of cases where men are living with breast cancer.
1: So funny, you should bring that up because I'm about to launch a page on male breast cancer with Dr. Yara Robertson. She is one of my medical advisors from CARTI, a big cancer center in Little Rock. And I work with a gentleman named Rod Ritchie from Australia who was diagnosed with stage 3B breast cancer. He is a huge advocate. So if any men are listening, he is very supportive of sharing his story. He had a mastectomy. He's had extensive treatment. And although only 1%, I think it is off the top of my head, it is extremely important for men to know that this can happen to them as well. If you have breast tissue, you have a chance of getting breast cancer. So
0: do you think that percentage might be a tiny bit higher in terms? And the only reason I ask this is because, of course, as men, we aren't, I would think, going to want to admit something like that and share information and and, and get the help that we need or talk about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's that it's a genderless disease is what Rod says. I interviewed him and yeah, but it's still, you got to just not be embarrassed. And men need to do self breast checks too, for sure. I mean, honestly, I'm such a huge fan of making sure that every aspect of this disease is brought to the forefront. That's why it is 24-7, and I'm so glad you brought that up because literally launching any day now is this very special page.
0: Incredible. Well, again, it speaks to who you are and the incredible work that you're doing, because as you just said, as the doctor said, it's a genderless disease. I think it's incredible, the awareness you're bringing around, all of it. It's just amazing and inspiring. Thank you. The fight against breast cancer (laughs) involves not just raising awareness, but of course, advocating for better policies, increased research, improved access to quality care. How do you engage in the larger conversation around breast cancer awareness campaigns?
1: Well, because it's just me, I don't have an army around me to help with that. I don't have the bandwidth. So on a larger scale, I would say that my newest partnership with Walgreens Specialty Pharmacies is my national approach and way of helping to connect with the breast cancer community by sharing their message because what they do is extremely special and unique because they have so many services to offer the breast cancer community that a lot of people don't know about. So one of their specialty pharmacists is now part of my medical advisory board. And I recently went live with Dr. Alex Kuzmano from Walgreens and because they are national in scope, working together is really helping to bridge that gap between understanding your disease, but also the kind of the very unique services that they offer because they can help patients in many ways. And I do have a dedicated page on the website that shares all about Walgreens specialty pharmacies. So I don't want to Get into all the details, but
0: (laughs) well, like I said, well, that'll the link to the website will definitely be in the show notes, so people can check all of that information out. Yeah, what keeps you motivated and determined to fight for breast cancer awareness and support? What message do you have for those who may feel overwhelmed or unsure about getting involved in advocacy work themselves?
1: So, what motivates me is three people last year that I became very close to that were stage four, that are not here. And they were very young, in their 30s, early 40s. Because I see these faces every day on Instagram, and I can't stop because I want to be here to help change the way this disease is viewed. And I've been, on a comical note, been called fairy breast mother (laughs) (laughs) because... I am so motivated, almost, I almost feel tapped on the shoulder. I feel a pull. I feel so driven to do this. Again, I said it earlier if I don't do this, how do we bring this together in in a way that is all in one place? And that is also why I'm so busy all the time because I want to cover it all. And the disease is incredibly complex and extensive and has a lot of advances and people and the people. Honestly, when I read this, I'm reading it, what keeps you motivated, the incredible doctors and the people, the survivors that come to me and they want to share their story. And I want to give them a platform. I want to give survivors a place to tell their story and share their advocacy work. I have a page called Confidence with Courage. Christine is on there. She's modeling. I have a woman who was metaplastic, which is a very rare, aggressive type of cancer, who started breast cancer boudoir. Wow. I want women to know that even though she got smacked with this, she started her own advocacy work on helping women get through it with boudoir photography. These beautiful human beings that I meet on social media from day one that are facing this on every different level. And I just feel connected to them. I feel this community of love and acceptance and understanding. And some days it's hard because I feel so sad when I see some of them go through stage three and then stage four, but then I want to be there for them any way I can, even if it's just a heart and a little comment. And it motivates me because especially when I see the younger ones that, you know, the work that I'm doing, I pray that will live on so that this will not happen anymore to 20 and 30 year olds, that they will see the learn, look, locate images and recognize that this can happen to them. And I don't want to scare them, but I also want people to be aware that it so, doesn't
0: discriminate.
1: That that's what I'm trying to say. And for those that feel overwhelmed or unsure, I it's funny I connect with so many people and they're, many of them are not ready to share their story and then when they come out of their shell, oh my gosh, I have women that just I want to do this with you and <laughs> I want to do that with you, and can I this? And I'm always doors open. Let's work together. And so I go live with a woman who had breast implant illness and found out she had breast cancer. And now she's one of my biggest fans. She loves what I'm doing. She shares my stories and my posts, and she's so grateful to have a platform. She wants to educate women. She now is look, ladies, if you have implants, don't think that you can't get breast cancer. If it weren't for her plastic surgeon doing a pathology report, she wouldn't have right. known. Every story has like an onion layer and it just brings us all together. So, and I feel a lot of people might not want to advocate and that's okay too. Right. I think that's kind right. of cool too. My mother had ALS and after she died, I just wanted to move on. That disease is really hard for Yeah, to work. for sure. And so some people just want to move yeah. on, Yeah.
0: Right? Of course, the financial burden of breast cancer treatment can be a lot for a lot of patients. How do you advocate for improved access to affordable care and support those who face financial challenges during their journey?
1: I can't even really answer that because the, that's where early detection in some ways, you know, I didn't need chemotherapy. My cancer, I had insurance, would have cost $250,000. Holy shit. Yep. So I look at companies and insurance companies, if they would jump on board with educating women about breast density and 3D mammography and genetic testing on the forefront, think of how much financial savings could happen for everyone. But here we are. So I don't know how to speak to that except for what I know from my own journey that is how expensive a cancer diagnosis is. Wow.
0: I can't even begin to imagine how someone without insurance, I mean, how would you even tackle that? Because not everybody has insurance. And this is a matter of life and death.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And because some women don't, like myself, did not realize that I had a tumor, it's just really bad. And I want to speak for all cancers because I do believe My dad had lung cancer and he had no idea either. So very difficult.
0: High quality and accurate information is essential, of course, in bringing awareness to breast cancer. How do you combat and deal with misinformation surrounding breast cancer treatments and prevention?
1: I guess because I I don't do anything unless I text one of the doctors to look at it. I don't post anything. So I think it's hard because I think we're Googling a lot. And it's kind of go where Google takes us. And so sometimes we might not know what the right or best thing or it, but we're trying to diagnose ourselves. That's what breast I believe when that's what I did. So I can't speak to that because I just, I really empowered myself right from the get go and started just learning a lot. But I think if there's misinformation, it, it takes a while to really know if it's misinformation. What I would say is I think that the whole process is just a mess. Because I don't think the emotions are addressed out of the gate. I think you're smacked with this. I call it a car wash. It's like a six-week car wash. And you're sent through the whole washing and the drying. And then they shine you up and send you off. And you're kind of going, huh? And you're going through it so fast that you don't... When I say... I don't know if it's misinformation. It's mishandling. Mm -hmm. Because we're humans facing a deadly word and a deadly disease. And I think if we are... Treated in such a way where there's a gentle, softer approach towards the soul yeah. and what the soul is approaching, then the information could be. I don't even think some of us can even process the information. We can't. Your ER positive. What does that mean? Nobody even really understands that. When I didn't even know what, what that. What does meant. it mean? What does it mean? It's estrogen positive. My tumor was fed off of estrogen, so I'm eating tofu. And edamame, which is soy-based, the year I got diagnosed, did I make it worse? These are all the outlying things that I think if I did a post that said, do you guys really know what ER positive means? Do you have any idea what that means? And how about a woman that wasn't diagnosed? How many women who have not had breast cancer know what estrogen positive means? Holy shit. Right? I mean, that's a good post. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But yeah, I mean, that's when I say misinformation, I just think it's not enough information. Again, at the ready, where people are not informed, just as they're living their daily lives, thinking, you know, that this can't happen to them.
0: So, looking to the future for Learn, Look, Locate, what and where do you see Learn, Look, Locate going? And what are some of your long term goals?
1: Oh, wow. Oh, I want this everywhere. I want this everywhere. I want this imagery. I want the branding. I mean, one of the reasons why I did it the way I did it is so that it would be everywhere globally. I want the website to be translated into every language across the world. I want it everywhere. I want women in India to have access to these amazing doctors, countries that don't have the kind of cutting edge treatments. I want them to learn about them. I want them to know, you know, just everything. I have clinical trials on my website. I want everyone to have access to the latest clinical trials. I have a newsletter that you can sign up for at the bottom of my website that's with Dr. Weaver who is an oncologist, but also the editor of Cancer Connect, where people can have right out of the gate, the newest, latest information about advances being made. I want to be global. Look at the bottom of the website. It's a purple globe spinning <laughs> around. I mean, there's no reason not to be. And because of social media, that is why my vision became so big, because I'm connecting with people in Ireland and Scotland and, Worldwide. and India and worldwide. I love it. I'm working with companies that are doing things that can educate us. They're doing great things. Let's bring it to the forefront. So, and again, I, it's it's me. So Christine's work uh, in our part uh, or her being an ambassador. So she's got the whole really neat fashion side yeah. of, of the world. And I mean, we're working hard to change this. It's a it lot. Is.
0: You'll do it. I have no doubt. We're trying. What lights you up or, or is the most rewarding thing about the work that you do, Cynthia?
1: I'm going to read it to you right <laughs> now. You want to know what it is? This is where I get so happy. I'm going to read it to you. I was diagnosed with triple positive breast cancer, November 2021. I literally had no idea what any of that meant. And I was blindsided in total shock. Even before I had my appointments with my specialist, I scrolled Instagram and found Learn Look Locate. I was immediately encouraged and my fear subsided and prepared to fight. I'll be forever grateful for this account and all the survivor stories I've connected with for walking along beside me. Aminda from Tennessee, triple positive breast Wow, cancer.
0: what a testimonial.
1: And there's one more.
0: Just yeah, sure, mind, of course. I'll
1: read you this. This is what keeps me going. This is from Janelle in New York. She sent this yesterday. Thank you for getting all of this information and sharing so much. I can't tell you how helpful you have been with my diagnosis and treatment.
0: Beautiful. That's
1: what keeps I me love going. It. That's my reward and <laughs> because just knowing that this information is so important and so hard to navigate and find and I just want to make it easier, and I want to be a one-stop shop, if you will, of some sort.
0: Cynthia, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful?
1: I think one thing that's really neat when you asked me earlier, well, how does cancer change you? Well, this creative side of me has just, it's just evolving. Some days, like, Anyone who sees the website, I want them to know that I'm the one designing it. I don't have this background at all, but somehow it is coming together in a way that is just really, I don't know. The more I do it, the better I'm getting at it, the more people like it. So I think that's one thing. And I think because I have a sales and marketing background, that working with a lot of people on many different levels and how I'm doing this is kind of also what is, I guess, if you want to call it a superpower... And I think it's also just, I'm trying to be a good listener. So when someone's having a tough time, just really listening and just honestly, I respond to every comment, anyone that writes and I want to be, be there. I want to so, be there.
0: Speaking of success, how do you define that word? I just read it to <laughs> okay. you.
1: That's my success. I'm, I, I'm being yeah. serious. I, it is my, that is my why. That is my, yeah, I've never met janelle or aminda but we are connected and that feels really amazing so that is successful because that is why i did this
0: what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life and what was your life like before you learned it what was your life like after learning it
1: well i've learned that women especially the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves is just tremendous i'm speaking maybe for many but maybe not all I think that if we could be more kind to ourselves, because if we can forgive ourselves for just being really tough on ourselves, that's the lesson that I learned. Just be a little softer and for men in, in general yeah. too. I think there's a lot of pressure and I think we take for granted the time that we have. I lost my mother when I was 25 and she was 60 and pretty soon I'll be heading in that direction and time just really embracing time and having a lot of gratitude towards your body behaving healthy every day you take that for granted so that is the biggest lesson i've learned i think anyone around me would say oh you work out you eat salmon and salads i ate so well but maybe it was how i was living my life and i think i don't do that anymore i I eat well but i'm trying to be much more peaceful it's hard because it's a big for shift. Sure. What is an
0: unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for?
1: Oh, the fact that I live in Arizona and I look at mountains and cactus and I hike and I'm just in spiritual <laughs> heaven right now. So,
0: That's beautiful.
1: You know, yeah, a beautiful part of our country. What
0: does the word empowerment mean to you?
1: Taking things into your own hands and really embracing and moving towards just being empowered, being I get the word education always comes to my mind, you know, be empowered with knowledge and your own sense of self. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Yeah, how no, that that's well, good.
0: But- okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? <laughs> <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would that be?
1: Be kind. Just be kind. There's so much hate right yeah. now.
0: A lot of divisiveness and hate and darkness out there. What is one thing you want but cannot buy with money?
1: For all these young women to not have breast cancer.
0: If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Learn, Hmm. Locate. Very appropriate. Yeah. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be?
1: My website.
0: What is one thing you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance? My heart. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career?
1: I would say my willingness to take the time to get to know people and my curiosity and my way of making people feel pretty comfortable to speak openly because I'm pretty open.
0: What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life?
1: You know what I would say? Stay in touch with people. Stay in touch with people. Because of my background, and I've just kept in touch with a lot of people, And I think it's important to network.
0: Relationships are the foundation of life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the last year?
1: Well, I knew I had compassion, but not to the level that I have now. (laughs) So I have to say my heart is just full. I could go on Instagram right now and I could tell you a lot about a lot of people and my heart is with many of them. They might not know it, but it is. I love that.
0: If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why?
1: Oprah, comes to mind.
0: And why Oprah?
1: I just think she has a way of really breaking things down from a human perspective. And I just think it'd be cool to be interviewed by her or interview her and how she became who she is. I just think she has a way of relating to people. And she seems to have done a lot of soul work. I don't know why, but she came to mind. Cynthia,
0: if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Wait, besides Oprah, I'd like to add Taylor okay. Swift. <laughs> she's incredible. So she's what she's done is just beautiful okay. for everyone. Oh, just be nicer to yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. That would be it.
0: Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart?
1: Just be there for each other and be empowered about your breast health.
0: Cynthia, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey and the incredible light that you put out into the world through the work that you do. I think you're an incredibly inspirational, courageous, strong resilient woman. So I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful to be connected to you and to be able to call you a friend. And I'm happy to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you for all that you do.
1: Oh, oh thank you so much for this opportunity. It was really a pleasure. And I'm so excited to connect with your listeners. And hopefully they find this to be helpful in some I'm ways. I'm sure they will.
0: It was my- once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Cynthia Jordan. She is the founder and CEO of Learn, Look, Locate. Once again, Cynthia, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you, Brad. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at vizuphoria.ca. Follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.